0: This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. It's only been two days, but I know I speak for all of us tennis fans when I say it has been so great to have the ATP and WTA Tours back as a part of our lives, the opening weekend of the Western and Southern Open in the books. And of course, we got a lot of funky results. The top two seeds on the women's side, Sofia Ken and Carolina Pliskova, already knocked out after they both lost their first matches of the tournament against Alize Cornet, Veronica Kudermatova respectively, and of course that's a tone, you know, that sort of result is something that shouldn't surprise all of you Cracked Rackets fans because we've talked about it extensively here over the past, you know, five plus months, but really even beyond that, but more focused over these past few weeks in particular, the WTA Tour right now is wide open. There are so many talented players, some of them, you know, even under the age of 21, some of them them, of course, still in that 28, 29, 30, the twilights of their career. And then, of course, there are a bunch grouped into that 22 to 28-year-old range, all people who, in theory, should be at that perfect nexus between their physical primes and that point where mentally they just learn more about the game. They become locked in in a way you just can't early on in your career. And so it's such a fascinating time, of course, to be a fan of women's tennis, to be following the WTA Tour. And we want to get you ready for, all of the action in New York, we still don't know exactly what we're going to see again. You could legitimately say 50 plus players on the women's side have a shot at making the second week. And then you could also legitimately say maybe 30. Players have a a real chance at winning the U.S. Open, and obviously, that's a crazy fact when said out loud, but it really is true, and so, you know, we've been doing our best here at Cracked Rackets. We want all of you to be as prepared for New York, as well-educated, as well-informed as we can make it, and so that is, you know, what we've been focusing on here, preview content at Cracked Rackets to help prepare all of you for that three-week swing in New York. Of course, the way you can get in on all of the action in New York, we're all excited to see our favorite players back on court, why not take advantage of that fact, get in on the action with our friends at DraftKings, and of course, you all know daily now, what through Western and Southern, through the U.S. Open, beyond that, we'll be doing our DraftKings Ace of the Day segments where, of course, we are going to be making our picks for the Western and Southern Open. Max Rothman joins me today for some upset picks, our Ace of the Day, a couple risky, juicy parlays, everything in play right now. I am watching on my screen Jessica Pegula, one of the first dominoes we needed to fall she did get a victory today over Anisa Mova but you know Fritz is playing Badene They're in a battle Sangren versus Felix auger they they're in a battle needless to say you can get in on the, all of the action add that extra bit of adrenaline while watching that match you know 7-6 4 all deuce you want to be feel even further invested get in on the action with our friends at DraftKings here's how you can do it you're going to go to draftkings.com make your deposit from there DraftKings will match your first deposit at 20 percent up to 500 bucks. So already, they're putting a little extra cash in your pocket. But it gets even better, folks, because you're going to make your first bet. And DraftKings is also going to match that with a risk-free first bet of up to $500. Just go to dkng.co slash shot to play. That's dkng.co slash shot. Deposit bonus is in DK dollars, which have no cash value and must be used on DraftKings. Offer not valid for users physically located in New Hampshire eligibility. Restrictions apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in New Jersey, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, 1 800 9 with it in Indiana, or 1 800 bets off in Iowa. And again, to get in on all of the action, just go to DKNG.co slash great shot to play. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned for this U.S. Open for this three week stretch with our friends at DraftKings. Hopefully, you'll follow along with us. Maybe. Even get in on the action, of course, might as well, because who doesn't like free cash? And that's what DraftKings is offering you by signing up right now with that promo deal. But With that said, you want to learn a little bit about the action. You want to become better informed. It's been five plus months, right, since we've accumulated any data on these players in tour events. Now, we have seen some of them play exos. We have seen some of them competing, once again, against their fellow pros. And obviously, that's going to play a factor in the sort of names we are picking in what we expect out of this WTA tour. And so, of course, you know, I want to help set the scene. I brought back our friend, New York Times writer, Uh, no challenges remaining podcast host, returning champion here at Crack Rackets, Ben Rothenberg. And you heard part one of this podcast last week where we set the scene. We talked about how comfortable we were. We talked uh, with this event being played, the safety and health guidelines in place. We talked about The first two weeks of WTA action we saw in August. Now it's time to talk about New York. And in this portion of the podcast, we're going to get into our three most interesting WTA players uh, to watch in New York. And of course, we take very different paths, Ben and I. That's why I always enjoy having him on the show. We think differently about things, and yet... I'll speak for me. I respect the way he thinks about it. I like to think he also respects the way I think about it. So it's really fun to hear that contrast of opinions about the names we are watching most closely. But folks, I think you're all going to really enjoy these names because some of them are the ones you expect. The Osaka's, the Serena of the Worlds. Some of them are the names I've been harping on over and over again these past few weeks. Hint, hint. Diana Yastremska, Arena Sabalenka, and then a couple of other fun ones thrown in there as well. So really an extensive preview for for all of you listeners, on what to expect from the women's side. Of course, again, we've got a lot of other ton fun, uh, a lot of other fun content, uh, preview content for New York. Geez, that's a tongue twister. A lot of other fun preview content for you all about what to see in New York. Really fun guests lined up this week. Some returning champions: Mark Lucero, Nina Pantich, J.C. Aragoni, and more. You can expect to hear from all of them this week as we again make the most of tennis's return here in 2020. But Without further ado, let's get to part two of my conversation, naming our three most interesting WTA players of the three-week stretch in New York with the one and only Ben Rothenberger. We're about to be treated to three weeks of exceptional tennis. So many of the top 150 players in the world coming to New York to participate again in this Western and Southern and U.S. Open three-week swing. And I gave you a task. I texted you and said, hey, three most interesting players, uh, three most interesting WTA players during this three-week stretch in New York. And what made me smile was you sent me your three names, no hesitation. I believe the text was, oh, blank, blank, and blank, easy. And it was just like, yeah, okay, good. You you get the idea. So that's what we want to do today, rather than list the incredible amounts of names. Because, again, you look at the— Well, I guess let's start there. You look at this women's tournament. You look at Western Southern. You look at the U.S. Open. And, yes, we're missing names like Bardi, like Halep, like Bencic, like Burton's. You know, you can go on and on and on how many top 50 Andrescu. players are out. Yeah, and Drescu, But regardless of that fact— Coming into this U.S. Open, even if everyone was healthy, you could legitimately name 30 players who could win the U.S. Open, and you would be like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you could do that at any women's slam for the past three years.
1: So it's like, in that case, it's not news. And anything that's maybe even more open, I don't know, we'll see. I mean, like, everything is possible. I mean, like, the way I came up with my list of players, I guess we're going to go through them one by one, is that, um, yeah, these are players who I think are – for me i picked some people i think really can win it who should be shortlist people to win it but about who's there's question marks about because everyone has question marks right now right nobody is like with maybe the exception maybe of like a jen brady who just came off winning a hardcore title and in and, and Tykeman and maybe coco golf even who like went deep there and looked good like we don't have a lot of, and yeah we just don't know so much about so many people right now yeah. uh that i have a lot of Fiona,
0: Fer- Fiona Farrow wins a title she's not playing in New York Simona Halep wins a title she's not playing in yeah. New York so yeah even the data we did accumulate it's useless because those players aren't playing
1: the clay data i don't think it's worth anything i'll be honest i don't think any <laughs> yeah. uh, seriously i think i think all we have for because it's a different surface and and, mm-hmm. and weird fields and so all we really have is very limited Lexington data um interesting group of players who are in Lexington for sure but uh limited so we'll
0: see. What about world team tennis? Like, so let's into honorable mentions. Two players who really almost made my list Jess Pagula, Shelby Rogers. They both looked really good uh, through world team tennis, through Lexington. I got the chance to see Shelby up close in Lexington for an exhibition. It's just so clear how fit she is right now, how confident she is in her game. You know, players like Kennan who continue to look good at World Team Tennis, Brady and, you know, Bernardo Pera, do you put any stock in the exhibition results or is it really just kind of a wash? Exhibition
1: results? No. no more I, just I, like
0: the momentum potentially built.
1: I do think it will – people who played World Team Tennis will have an advantage. I think that's always true every summer, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think – but it, that can be also marginal because it's – players – we're talking about I mean, with due respect to Pagula and Shelby Rogers, like these are not still anybody's thirty picks with the US open, I don't think. Maybe Shelby sneaks into somebody the end of somebody's thirty. because of beating Serena. But I, I still don't see them being really top line or even top paragraph or top page threats to win this tournament i so, put
0: them yeah. if if you see them in the round of 16 don't be shocked but i agree with you i think second yeah, week for them I, is yeah. good results yeah
1: and like they they have they have bigger upside than before for sure like third round yeah. is solid for them but that's like but i'm here to talk about you know you know me i'm, I'm a trophies <laughs> guy right we're going to talk about some people some ladies who can win the, the, the millions of dollars here.
0: Oh, we absolutely are. Well, then with that in mind, uh, let me quickly get through my honorable mentions. People who missed the list, you tell me what you think about them. I had three people in the always category. Carolina Pliskova, Madison Keyes, and Sloane Stephens. Because you could always talk me into calling them the most intriguing. What is Sloane Stephens right now? Madison Keyes, 26 years old. Is she in the prime of her career? Carolina Pliskova, if it's going to happen, it's got to happen soon. All honorable mentions. I
1: don't want to be a hater. I would be shocked if Sloan does anything at this tournament. There's, She's been terrible in 2020. No, I agree. Terrible.
0: But so, if like, she loses so... first round again, then it's a trend. If she makes a third round here, now I'm seeing between World Team Tennis, between that, signs of life. Okay, signs
1: of life as the upside is like, (laughs) it's meager here. Well, it just means the
0: process with Kamau is working. It was never going to be a quick six month flip. It means these five months, if she makes a third round, it means whatever process they're into worked for me. Again, again, this is why she could be most intriguing. And again, I'm not going to rip any player for
1: coming out of core being not great (laughs) at tennis. Like, seriously, I'm not. But Sloan did not look good in in Lexington. Sloan has not looked good before Lexington. Layla Annie Fernandez dragging her left and right across courts across this continent. I, I, no. Hard no on Sloan. The other ones, the other ones are fine.
0: All right. Layla Fernandez, by the way, another honorable mention because yeah. she was rocking and rolling, and that gets me into a category of you know, I had for my honorable mention, players who were breakthrough performers thus far in 2020. I have a <laughs> I long say, honorable mention. I
1: love I love these categories because you sent me <laughs> like this okay, name three players. Wow, for this is a pretty unconvoluted format. Okay, pick three players. Yes, he's like, well, here's my subcategory number of honorable mentions at this time. Here's a different player of honorable mentions. Here comes a fourth kind of honorable mentions. I, I never change.
0: Never change. Hey, if you don't like the rules make the rules. That's what I always say. Yeah. Uh no. So my breakthrough performers who just had enough momentum in twenty twenty that I'm intrigued about them. Not enough to spend the full you know, however long we end up going. Uh we'll see if who the capitals end up getting swept and we have to be interrupted. Uh, but you know <laughs> my list of breakthrough performers who deserve mention, Leila Fernandez on that list. Marie buskova who I, I was ready to declare US Open favorite after her win over Joe Conta. She's looked that good to me all year long. Uh, Buzkova on my list as—or on my honorable mention. Jennifer Brady, honorable mention, but I've talked about her enough. Onjabur, just because why wouldn't you think she's the most interesting? She's always interesting. Um, two other names who were just really, really good, both top 15 players in the race to Shenzhen, which, again, through 10 weeks, grain of salt, but still worth noting. Uh, Ekaterina Alexandrova, who looked really mm-hmm. good this year. Her. And then Elena, I still don't know how to pronounce your last name, uh, Rocket, for fun. Fa- yeah. Yeah, Rebecca four enough. finals for her this year. You could talk about her for sure. You know, there, I have one more player on that list, but I know you already have them, so they're all interesting, right? You well, could throw I have CC. one honorable mention. I don't
1: know what I, I can it. name.
0: If we're now, now that we're doing
1: these, I'll throw in one more person uh, who's like, and I, I don't know if she's in your top three or not. So apologies if she is and this screws up your whole flow. But my honorable mention is going to be Kim Kleister's. Um, not
0: in my honorable mention because. Okay. Good because uh, fun the to she's watch like the ultimate, yeah. ultimate
1: ultimate wild card Kim Kleister's, right. So yeah. I hope I hope that's what that's that's how I took this assignment. I'm not <laughs> making the rules, but for trying to follow your ever changing rules. I do think <laughs> that like Kleister you know was out there really you know really beating down some some people in uh, West Virginia right mm-hmm. and. Still looking really good, playing much more aggressive tennis than we used to see from her. I, you know, I'm willing to bet she doesn't really believe in her ability to outrun or outcondition people the way she used to in her prime. And so now she's out here just hitting people off the court, and it's cool to see. And like we've seen her come into slams pretty cold before and do big things at those slams, right? Her whole mm-hmm. Kim 3.0 part of her career, uh, which was the the later 20, 2009 through retirement part, basically, um, was was about really being a part timer and picking spots and getting to number one doing that and winning three slams doing that. So, like, she absolutely can do that. So she's somebody who no one's going to want to play. She's someone who has a lot of attention on her at the U.S. Open. I think she's, like, the perfect kind of top line wild card.
0: No, I completely agree with you. And um, she falls into that category. I just pride myself a hipster. So it'd be too obvious if I put Kim Clijsters. less obvious if I put someone like, you know, Elena Rybakina, right? So that's off the beaten path. Um, but no, I completely agree with everything you've said. She's someone who, if healthy, and she's dealing with an ab strain, right? But if healthy, you see her in the fourth week of the US Open. Honestly, that would shock me. If I just see her I her don't the, see it. But. Say, if
1: you see her in the fourth week of the U.S. Open, thing, it's happened with the U.S. Open, we need to investigate that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay? Fourth I agree. She enough. is playing doubles with Hailey Baptiste. Oh, I meant second week. Thank you. Fourth round. Um, but she is playing doubles with Hailey Baptiste, so oh, that's, that's cool. going to be pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Very, I like very, Hailey very cool. a lot. Very, very cool. So, yeah, um, I think they belong in that category. I, also have, I have more names. I'm going to throw them out. But I can't get through a, a pod without saying CeCe Bellis because I'm always interested to see if healthy. She still has Grand Slam upside to me. And I know I'm crazy, but there are some hills I won't die on. Can I say something with with
1: with, I will with all the
0: love and affection? You are such a homer. You know I'm like such a American homer. woman. I'm such a homer. No, yeah. I have some I don't like, but... I don't like to say the players I don't like out loud. I don't make any like, like and not like. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm
1: just saying, like, you have really just, like, it's like you're calling off, you know, the, I don't know, the Fed Cup roster here. Hey,
0: I have always been Practice proud of the fact then. that I'm for sale. I am happily for sale. People know my price very, very much so. Wow. Uh, but, yeah. But anyways, yes. So all of those players in I'm they are honorable mentions. But um, you know, again, it, it's it's also worth mentioning here are the players out of New York. No Barty, no Hallop, no Svitolina, Burton's Benchich, others in the top fifty Wong, Pavlchenkovas, Striskova, Kuznetsova, Zhang, uh, Gurgis, Gergis, Farrow, not playing Western and Southern, questionable for the US Open given her left ankle. That's a Significant, you know, portion of the top fifty again. That's a lot of names, but I felt like that was always going to be the case. Look, I mean, I remember at
1: Wimbledon. What was it, 27, 2018 Wimbledon, right? Where like only one of the top ten even made like the quarters. Like, so we've had women slams with carnage in the past, and and so long as the players who are my three to watch, I think stick around, and maybe one of yours too, uh, and. We'll figure it out. Like it can still be a very credible slam, right? There uh-huh. are scenarios, absolutely, and again, this goes to my asterisk to be determined post mortem on this slam. There are scenarios where this slam just gets weird, right? Uh-huh. Where it shows up and we're looking at like a you know uh a Van Oytvank Rubikina semifinal on one side, and then we got, you know, Kirstea versus uh Flipkins on the other. And it's like this is a little weird like yeah. fair enough credit to them you did you won your five matches but this is weird this doesn't feel like a slam if we get there we can call it what it is when we get there but i think there's still opportunity for this thing to be very very a-list but
0: uh-huh. no i agree and look again a to set...
1: tennis. men's tennis could not do that women's tennis can absolutely do
0: that yeah well we're focusing on the wta today and just to set the scene the last five slams all of 2019 plus the australian open then i swear to god ben i'm gonna ask you for your first place i'm so ready 45 minutes in, I'm going to ask you for your first player. Nevertheless – Five last slams. There are five different winners, three of them, Andrescu, Barty, Halep, not playing this event. There have been nine different finalists out of a possible 10. Only Serena has made more than one final. There have been 16 different semifinalists out of a possible 20. Only Svitolina, Serena, Barty, and Halep have made more than one. Obviously, Halep, Barty, Svitolina not in here. So uh, again, wide open. You can throw in others. Benchit, Striskova not playing, uh, Andrescu not playing. Anyways, 29 different quarterfinalists out of a possible 40. Uh, You look – oh, I have it here. Out of the 29 quarterfinalists, eight of them aren't playing. So you have, you know, again, 21 players here in the draw who have made a 20 finals. But it's a quarterfinal. But it's been all over the place is what I'm trying to point out. And, yeah, you know, again, you look at the U.S. Open even since 2015. Five different winners, nine different finalists. Only Serena's made more than one. 16 different semifinalists. Serena and Madison Keys are the only two. Two players to make more than one semifinal at the u.s open over the past five years it's wide open
1: yeah and so that it's gonna be different but not that different for the women the men mm-hmm. i think are like looking at potentially a, a a much greater chance relative to their norm of first time slam champ for example really because we only really have a, no or a big three chance only one of the big three there that's a very very different situation for the men uh, but the women you know the women could just be a normal women's kind of slam, which has not been that normal lately. The women's game is still in some flux, right? And we're not, we maybe we're headed towards potentially a little bit of stability. Had we gotten something we came close to, let's say like a Barty Australian open title, she would have really cemented her, her hold on number one. She lost in the semis. Uh, but yeah, but we're, we're the flux remains here. Everything's been unsettled this year. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to read too much into any of that. on either draw of these two slams this year, French and U S open into the future um especially if something weird happens but we'll see let's, let's get to our picks it's been, it's been yeah. 40, 40 uh, something minutes here let's yes let's exactly
0: go. well then with that in mind i said give me your three most interesting wta players let's start with number one on your list who is the player you are singularly most interested in watching play during this two weeks in new york so my best three one weeks. first that's, that's, give me like, number that's one very, first that's not very y. oh we waited 45 minutes now we're ready to drop now the hammer Waited forty five minutes to screw it up. Okay, fine. Here we go. So, <laughs> okay. Might... No 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 then. Give me number three. Give me number Thank three. You. Much better. Yeah, number three
1: <laughs> is Sophia Kennan. Right? Okay. who is still uh is is the first player uh to be carrying a perfect record at slams uh into August since Serena Williams in twenty fifteen. Right? Nobody's had a calendar slam <laughs> bit going on this long uh since serena williams so very impressive from Kennan right away obviously she got some help there from the slams being canceled da, 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 but yeah it's te- details so Kennan, uh the hardcore champ also won a tournament in uh in france indoor tournament small mm-hmm. i think Lyon,
0: right, right before Canada, the cancellation small, right?
1: yep yeah right before the right before cancellation so data on her is, is good for she's a top five player people forget that um and she's somebody who loves playing in the US Open and loves New York and loves being, loves playing for America and being an American. She's got that real hunger for that. So she's absolutely a real shortlist favorite disruptor. And she's gonna have some space. It's the other thing with these these players, like the tough thing about WTA for the players who win slams nowadays is depth, right? And so now there's a little bit less depth. You're taking out some of the depth, you're gonna have a little bit easier, theoretically easier road for people. A lot of players like in the 140s rankings getting direct into the slams. It's gonna be a, gonna be a softer draw than, than usual for people who get lucky with the draw or there could be some soft pockets and Kennan is somebody who uh has played some she played charleston during this warm-up and she's had enough work yeah i think Kennan uh can really be somebody to be pretty banked on as being an obvious shortlist favorite here getting a wild angle of your leg now suddenly over, <laughs> over the camera but fair enough
0: Yes, no, I wanted to give you the full view. I apologize. When I have a point to make, I lift my leg up. I'm like a dog. Um, but no, um, anyways, to get to your point about, you know, Sophia Sonia Kennan, um, yes, her breakthrough at the Australian Open felt like a lifetime ago, but it was also just another step in her development. She was always a player with whom there was high expectations. You know, she played her first uh, U.S. Open, I believe, all the way back in 2015 after she won the USTA Girls 18s Nationals event. You know, since there, she's made third round the past three years. You look at what she did last year, uh, first three WTA titles of her career four finals in total, 49 and 23, you know, a 68% win percentage. Obviously, uh, that's really, really well done. She got to not only play the elite trophy event, she ended up playing in the WTA finals a little bit as well. It was a steady progression for her. And then as you mentioned, she wins her first title on hard court this year. She follows it up with another title indoor. Where she plays and has, you know, are clearly the best singles player during the world team tennis season. And I know, take it with a grain of salt. But when you're looking at someone who's progressing like that, that it's she's able continuity. to keep it up. Yeah, exactly. For, for, for
1: this case, it matters. It, it matters for players who you already know are good. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my grains of salt. Again, okay, with and I and I love Pagula. I don't mean to pick on her like this. I seriously am a huge Pagula stan since way back. She was on NCR so long ago, like eight, seven, eight years yeah. ago. Oh, see, and you say
0: I'm now. easy to buy. You say I'm a stan.
1: And I I have way fewer stands than, than you do, to be clear. <laughs> true. So yeah. But but Pagula is some but I'm not gonna read into somebody who like wasn't doing that and Pagula actually is a terrible example for lots of reasons here because she made Auckland final, et cetera, et cetera. She's been doing good. But What am I trying to say here? But someone like like Kenan, it is valuable to just say, like, are you maintaining? And she's Mm -hmm. not dropping. Like, we don't know if she's, if she, but she doesn't look bad, right? So it's the the, same way, team.
0: Regardless of what Dominic Thiem was doing off the court, he looked great in the exhibitions he played. He continued to put up good results, and as a, from a data point, tennis perspective, yeah, it's the trending, continue to trend in the right direction. I agree with you. And then, you know, you look at her hard court summer last year, right? Semifinals in Canada, semi-finals in Cincinnati. She's had success on a summer hard court before. She obviously comes in with as much confidence given, you know, deserved uh, as anyone on tour. I agree with you. In terms of contenders, she's on the top, you know, in the top 3 of any list and I always say it Again, 30 names you could throw on that list, I'll listen to you, but she's in my top 3 in terms of not most likely to win and that's why she's not on my list right now, but certainly in terms of my contenders, she's on the list. What is the difference between contender and likely to win here? What kind well, of, no, no, no. What
1: kind of uh, hair
0: are you splitting there? I well, the hair on my legs as you could see, but I saw a lot uh, of that just recently. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that might be an HR violation. Complain with Dalton. I apologize. Um, but, yeah, no, in terms of uh, – so when I looked at this list, I, I put in my three most interesting – not in terms of three most likely to win. Did I ask you for three most likely to win or three most interesting? You said I'd, players to watch was your Oh, phrasing. to watch.
1: And why am I going to watch losers? <laughs> well, okay. You know, then with that in no, mind – That's t- not true. That's not true. One of my players, I have a lot of reservations about her US Open chances. But- Fair. Fair. I'm still going to pick
0: her anyway. Did I miss anything on Kennan before I get to my first example? Because yes, because I completely agree with you, by the way. And it's not to keep it short because I think the case for Sophia Kennan, as you mentioned, makes makes itself. She enters as the one person probably in the entire women's game you can feel certain about. You're like, okay, she's going to make the second week. She's one of my 16 penciled in. I don't even care what the rest, rest of the draw looks like. Um and that that's my confidence level in her, so I, I like that pick. My first pick here, and it's my—I'm going to just go with her first. It's my most interesting. It's because she's the person I want to talk about the most. Um, someone who has the upside, if she is playing her best tennis, you will agree with me. She can win this event. And, you know, in her career, the best she's done here in Singles' fourth round, which happened back in 2018. But, of okay, course, she— Okay, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, let me see if I can figure out who this is. Okay. They can win this event. Let me know. Can I give you one more hint? Sabalenka?
0: Well done. Arena Sabalenka is the next player I am talking about. My most interesting. This is why you're a returning champion. You get the trivia question right, even when it isn't asked. Do you want me to make the case for Sabalenka? Because I see an apprehensive face. Yeah, uh, you make the case and
1: I'll make the case against. Go ahead. Okay. Make your case.
0: Here's why she's one of the most interesting. Let's talk about her just from a generational standpoint. 22 years old, right? A little bit too old to be considered part of the Kenan, Goff, Anisimova cohort. A little bit too young to be considered Team Keys, Sakari, Vekic. She's in that, mm-hmm. you know, Benchich Sabalenka, tweener zone. And those are two players who are so outstanding for such a different reason. And you just look at what Arena Sabalenka has accomplished throughout her career, particularly, you know, when healthy. And yeah, she's a really streaky player. There's no denying that. But right back to back Wuhan titles she won here in Dubai earlier this year, was playing some really exceptional tennis at the start of 2020. She won, uh, you know, the elite trophy event at the end of last season as well. So was carrying a lot of momentum. And of course, it's worth noting, you know, she uh, lost her father over these past five months. And that's a big, you know, just from a personal loss, you can't, you, there's, there's nothing you can say about that. You can never measure that sort of impact on a player and what it's going to mean to them and how they'll respond to something like that. You look at her from a tennis perspective, though, her last five months were trending upwards. And I know she's constantly had a, a turbulent relationship with her former coach, Dimitri Popko. I know she's moved on since then. Turns uh, yes. off. Did I say Popko? Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Challenger tennis. Um, Dimitri Turns it off. And, you know, obviously now she has a new coach, but you know, even when I watched her loss to Coco Gauff, yes, she lost that match, but she has that singular trait of, hey, if I'm playing my best tennis, if I'm playing big, if I'm, I'm just going to hit you off the court, I'm going to serve you off the court. And it doesn't really matter how you play. And again, we saw her do that already this year. And the data is so limited. And Sabalenka is probably one of the players who more than anyone else, you can't carry over what happened five and a half months ago to what happens now. But in terms of what she did in Doha, you know, beating. Sakari, of Kuznetsova, Kavitova, all in the same tournament, beating Zhang there as well. I know in Dubai, she lost a three-set battle to Halep, but she beat Merton. She beat Sakari. You know, the loss in Australia, 7-6, 7-6. I'm going to write that off, but in Adelaide, she beat, uh, beat Para. She beat Halep. She, you know, lost to Yastremska. She just—she's had a really good 2020, and at 22 years old— I've always put Sabalenka in the you know when is it going to happen, not if. Well, there are a lot of good players nipping at the you know nipping at the bit who all have the opportunity to emerge as Grand Slam contenders, win a title. She has that trait of she is an elite power hitter. She if she is playing her best tennis over two weeks can win the event. And for me, that's why it's most intriguing because when it's there, you know she's dominating Coco Golf, she's dictating every point of play, she's beating Simona Halep. When it's not. There, she could lose to the lowest ranked player in the draw, and that's why she's such an interesting watch, always, but in particular, just given when we're at, given. I, and I'll continue to say this, and I apologize to our Cracked Rackets listeners who have heard me say this point repeatedly. The depth on the WTA, in my opinion, is better than it has ever been. Not only do you have, you know, parity between 1 through 50, but really, you just the quality of player ranked number 50, it's not like player number 1 is very bad. It's that player number 50 has so much promise. And I just think if you're projecting ceilings, Arena Sabalenka's ceiling is in the topper quadrant, top quadrant of any player on the WTA tour. That's why she's most interesting oh, her, to me in a her, wide open field.
1: Her ceiling is very, very high. No dip outs there. But she looked
0: rough, rough,
1: rough, 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 rough against Goff. It was she bad. Was, it was the bad. The serve was a disaster. That match was not good. And she got really mentally out toughed by Goff, who's 16. I was not impressed by Sabalenka in that match. I also have watched Sabalenka disappoint at slam after slam after slam after slam. You mentioned her her best round, fourth round uh, U.S. Open 2018 she's fallen short of her seating at every slam since then by a good mm-hmm. margin so yeah I, I she's always a wild card i just i don't see particular momentum for her here but i i'm happy to, to hear enthusiasm for her, cause i do think the upside is still still big i just I, if 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 she does something big i like cincinnati quote-unquote cincinnati then yes then we'll talk about us open i, I could absolutely be convinced but well, right now, the, uh, can I the majors, can
0: I just? It's not there. Let me phrase it like this because I see a lot of her and Zverev. To me, are in very similar places in their career. They've proven they can do it. It's about well, even Zverev has probably been more consistent than Sabalenka. But By a lot. last Zverev, la- Zverev's twin is uh, Svitolina. Those are the two parallels. Ooh, for, that's the first. I like that one too. I like it. We'll save that for another time. Um, but I like that for the record. Last six months though of tour play. Undeniable, Rena Sabalenka on the hardcores had been trending upwards, that she had put up really good results. Is there a world where maybe it's a quarterfinal? she gets two good matches in at Cincy, she bows out of the quarterfinals. But is there a world where she dominates the two weeks at the U.S. Open? Could you see it happening?
1: Always with her. She's always okay. a WTA long list contender, right? But top three, mm-hmm. no, not for me which okay. is great which is why we have dueling lists here and i yeah. and we have different people and you got the to pick her and i'm gonna pick somebody else like to so pick my next person yeah, we, a, we, but you would know. you
0: say – do I get the uh, – that's the break? That's the mini break or no? Not a great point. Not Honestly, quite a I mini break. I kind of feel like Sabalenka and Lexington, you kind of double faulted by that mini break. I, I, I don't <laughs>
1: – I, I feel like it's – I feel like I'm up a break here. First round, I feel like I took this decisively. I'm, I'm not going to – Yeah, I mean
0: what you did in your first game by picking Kennan is just spinning serves into the body. You were just yeah. going with the routine play, building plus ones for yourself. That was a really solid play. Give me your next play. We're at you know side Kenan now. You what does? She wins
1: a slam all right uh my uh my next pick is a player who i just don't know what to expect from this person uh but i think she's hyper relevant always uh is naomi osaka okay. and I, I talk about lack of data no data to play no exos not really clear that she's been training as much as other players during this time and i don't know because she's not someone who usually always broadcast training and a lot of guesses going into that but you don't get she's not signed up for any exo event she was a late entry i think into cincinnati I think right she took a wild card so i just don't know what to expect she's somebody who again i want a, a player to watch because like the range of outcomes is very large like she could really show up not ready and lose to almost anybody first round i fully believe that or she could piece things together and win the slam so a little bit like your sabalinka pick um but more proven upside i think like Osaka has, um, has, has, uh, is, is one to watch. I'm just super curious to hear what she, what she does, what she says. She's had a very interesting quarantine or pandemic period going, going all the way to Minnesota to protest during the George Floyd protests, like so that. Like she's had a super interesting 2020. Mm-hmm. And I'm very intrigued to see what kind of, player and person emerges in new york after that so osaka is my second
0: pick so thus far the players we've talked about and i know wta rankings makes more sense but i just want to go with race to shenzhen because this is the data we have in 2020 accumulated sophia kennan number one in the race to Shenzhen makes a lot of sense uh arena sabalenka number seven in the race to shenzhen just again to point out she was playing really well really well in 2020 you want to guess what naomi osaka is
1: Uh, low. Uh, Top fifty. I I I will guess. Okay, I'm not.
0: Uh, fifty. That's a good guess. Forty-five. Yeah. So she's number forty-five, and that feels about right. And to be honest, you ask me who's played better over the last six months, Naomi Osaka or Arena Sabalenka? Oh,
1: Sabalenka for sure. But like, but Sabalenka to me, there's not something like especially interesting about her. In this, no, this is not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, but sorry. No, no, no. I, I, this was not to make the case either or. This is simply to say I completely agree with your point. We don't know which Naomi Osaka we're going to see. Are we going to see the Naomi Osaka who won back-to-back Grand Slams at the end of 2018 and start of 2019, someone who now had three-plus months to get healthy, to work her way back through all of her troubles to really get settled with coach Wim Fassett and sort of you know work your way back into your game and make the developments you wanted it's also you know I was on the call with New York Empire coach uh, Luke Jensen who made this point it's hey she has 37 million reasons now to just relax a little bit to sit back and again take pride in the fact that she but you know there's so many causes outside of the game of tennis that she wants to fight for and it's such an admirable thing right it's so delightful for our sport to have some so outspoken and so in tune with the current climate and just so uh, personable and just all these different categories. Again, any any sort of uh, yeah. compliment you want to pay, Naomi Osaka. But from a tennis perspective, it's fascinating because, yeah, you're right. If she's serving well, she win, she can win a tournament. Just that serve is that dominant. But what are we going to see from her?
1: Yeah, I I, I don't got to say, I don't think the 37 million thing is going to be that relevant for her. She's not a player who's hunger, I doubt, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. She's really not. Um. So yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna say, discount that point. I understand that. It makes her a talking point too. Being the highest paid
0: woman in sports is a big deal. Um, no, not but... to question her motivation. I'm saying she now has the ability these past five months to, you know. Dedicate energy to the causes she believes in, and that's not to say that takes away from her motivation on the court. It's simply to say, Luke Jensen said, is what I'm saying. Oh, 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 yes, no, I'm simply to say, you know, now that she has that available to her, we've seen her become an activist, use her, you know, her platform to try and do the greatest amount of good, and just simply put that does take away time from the tennis court she hasn't that's just you know this is not to question her motivation i think she's going to come out as hungry as ever and i think she's a world-class competitor as we saw from serena in lexington even if she's not playing well she can compete her way to victories it's just simply to say to echo your point no idea what she's going to look like from a tennis perspective because i haven't seen her at all which makes her for me one to watch yeah, I, I think Gruskin that's a, your second pick, please. That's a pretty good number two. You're not gonna like my second one. Go for not it. not at all.
1: Okay, let me guess. Okay, what obscure American have you not named yet? Okay. No, no, no. I'll um, give you a hint. Not, but, American. Not, not American. Not American.
0: But someone you know whose tennis game I have a fond spot for. Uh, it, my category of player. What sort of category of player do I always like? Young players. Yes. Okay. Problematic, but immensely
1: talented. Problematic. Yeah problematic young
0: player who's problematic but immensely talented Yastremska is player number two for
1: me i'm all for i mean like again you're picking like classic wild card like with through your through, through your data of
0: two these are very similar picks. The
1: well, I'm trying to balance you
0: picks. out because I wanted, I wanted to hit both. I wanted to talk about the contenders, and I knew you nailed them because I agree. Kennan was on my list. Like when I made the preliminary list, Sophia Kennan was number one yeah. because she is the story. She right now is the player in the pole position to. Put together an era and become the prohibitive number one player in tennis. She's just the closest to doing that right now. Like I, I completely agree with every point you made. I can't pick Serena because again, I have, to, I can't, I got to be a little bit, you know, uh, under the radar. I have to be what is it? Uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Hipster. I yeah. would. I needed. What I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna make it an Ann Arbor reference. I was gonna say I was gonna be. Um, Oh, my God. How am I blanking out right now? I was going to be like – it was going to be a Carrytown pick, like not a downtown Ann Arbor, but a Carytown pick. That's what I had to go with.
1: I lived in Carrytown. I like Carrytown.
0: Yeah, exactly. But uh, I just think Diana Yastrzemska, because I will keep making this point, pick a name out of the hat. You could tell me that's your, the young player, you know, 23 and under you're most excited about. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I can agree with that. You want to talk about me into Amanda Nisimova ripping off five grand slams? I can be into that. You want to talk to me about the Coco Golf era we're going to experience? I can talk about that. You want to tell me about, you know, list player Iga Swiatek is going to go off and win three titles herself? Like, sure, I can believe that. I see Diana Yastremska and I just see this un, just this potential, this ability. It's much like a Sabalenka, where it's plus 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 power. The ball just explodes off of her strings. As an athlete, you know, a a really good mover, a powerful mover, someone who takes balls early, takes time away from you. And then I see someone who, right now, their entire mindset. And I spent a lot of time on CrowdView Live with Sasha Bajin, her current coach, and he talked about this as well. She's someone who sees a brick wall and she just wants to run through it. She just wants to sprint through it head first as hard as possible there is no gear to there's no you know plan b it's just hit 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 and to see that from a now 20 year old i, I there's just something there I, i'm just so fascinated
1: I, I agree with all of that from a tennis how, perspective how right but again it's a similar kind of thing. Less data on Yashemska than on Sabalenka at this point because she's been a little bit less known quantity. But, like, the slams are not there yet for Yashemska in terms of slam breakthroughs. And we've seen players, you know, even like Wozniacki in her farewell tournament being able to figure out um, how to disarm that kind of assault rifle that she represents on and horse.
0: we saw her blow match points against camilla georgie already as well which is again another thing where you're looking for data i saw her do that uh you know multiple times before too so that's another but, shaky data point
1: but she's one of those players yeah so what you i mean I, the pattern through two picks of yours so far is you're picking players <laughs> who kind of more or less control their own destiny right yeah. players who are going to swing really big and be very potentially very disruptive uh two players who are you know more potentially quote-unquote solid or, or or favorites and yeah yashemska Sabalenka, both players don't want to want to see across the net really although you know certain players relish playing players who have that one gear who they can really disrupt and Sabalenka, well especially yeah both of them i think have have a lot of plan b's to grow but yeah, yeah is it possible that in this weird term that things click for them they have a sort of ostapenko type run absolutely absolutely yeah well
0: Here's what I love about Yashemska. Again, finals in Adelaide this year, so that's Mm -hmm. a big uh, thing. She already has wins over top 10 players in her career, right? I believe she's got two uh, at this point, one over Pliskova, one over Kennan, which I think happened in Qatar earlier in this year. She made, I think, what was it, quarterfinals of Wuhan? uh, I think at the end of last year, she made fourth-round Wimbledon, so she's been in a second-week, third-round U.S. Open, which is encouraging. Again, she had that match against Caroline Wozniacki on her racket just wasn't able to get over the finish line. What was she up in that? Was it a 5-0 first set lead or something crazy like that? 5-1, I, don't know. I
1: think, for, in the yeah, first. She, yeah, and
0: her. so she, she was up big on Wozniacki, just wasn't able to get over the hump. Yeah, I think it was a 5-1 first set lead. And just, again, yeah, you're right. I, I clearly have a theme. Players who are going to take big swings. Players who, if playing well, can make a run. And I just think Diana Yastrzemska, if you're making a list of you know, the top... 10 23 and under players. I by the way, I keep pushing that age up. I'm 24, it's now 23 and under. When I turn 25, it's 24 under. I have sworn to myself I will never make it 25 and under because when you're 25, you're just you're not young anymore. You're balding like me. Um but Aww. for yeah, for 20 for you know, if you're making a list of the top 10 23 and under and she's not in your top 5, your list loses credibility to me in terms of talent, in terms of just pure talent.
1: Wrap her up, I do think you've missed the most important point about Yashemska which is uh-huh. that she dropped the fire track of the summer. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You beat me trick. An artist. That, it, it
0: slaps. I let me pull up my iTunes real quick. I've listened so to this song. Would Hold you be a, would you be disappointed if the US Open doesn't play that track as her walk in music? <laughs>
1: Obviously, yes. Yeah, I don't um, know how they don't. They should. I'll Are you see. about to bump it for us? No, 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 no. But I've listened to uh, it 15 times so far. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's exceptional. It's, it's, yeah. And that's it, another it's question. Most downloaded and, song of Definitely Left. And
0: by this. the way, her coach, Sasha Bajin, said she took the first two months really away from tennis to discover herself, to step away from the game, to just explore her personal interests. That Good. being said, I watched her first match in Palermo, and it was a wowser. It was just unbelievable and she had georgie on the rope she had two match points all of the talent is there she's my player number two
1: all right my player number three player to watch it's obvious but i'm not here to get things wrong so <laughs> the answer the answer is serena williams like this is going to be seen by everybody as Serena's tournament to lose. Fairly right. or unfairly, it's I was going to say that
0: way. So this pick, uh, again, I, I didn't even have to think about her. She wasn't going to be on my list, but she needs to be in this conversation. So please, let's talk. Make the, Why is this slam just – it's not the Serena slam, but it could be all about her.
1: Oh, it will be all about her. I mean, like, the reason this slam has relevance on the website is because Serena's still in it, right? If Serena pulled out of this tournament, it would be dead in the water, fully in terms of relevance. I fully believe that. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, it's a common line this week. Uh, so we're seeing <laughs> um, Serena going for 24 still, losing her last four grand Slam finals, giving herself lots of shots. The first player who commits to the US Open, they bring her in uh, to do the press conference uh, little video that she did during the announcement thing. So this is like her tournament. like She validated this tournament. This tournament's happening with her blessing at her wishes because she knows this is going to be a great chance for her to get to number 24. And asterisks i think make it almost better for her in a lot of ways because margaret court's 24 god knows there's a blizzard of asterisks on that on that uh uh-huh. on that on that forecast for her 24. so yeah so i don't think that bothers serena and she's just gonna have all the attention on her she's always the player to watch more and more and more and now like a lot of the other credible picks to be player to watch quote unquote your halips your defending champion Drescu's, your Barties, they're gone uh-huh. You pretty much just have serena left from really the top line, and I guess you still have Canon and Osaka, my other two picks. Like, cause I really did go pretty A list with my picks here. <laughs> but you, you have, you know, it, it's Serena and and her losing a match in a third set breaker to Shelby Rogers, her a very rare sub top hundred uh, player to beat Serena in her career has I'll have maybe three three or four times. Uh, adds a little bit of intrigue too. Uh She's playing the week before a She's entered in Cincinnati, which is very uncharacteristic for her. I thought she mm-hmm. if she went defense in, in Lexington, she might pull out of Cincinnati. She still might not. I kind of doubt she's going to complete Cincinnati. I bet she could... I guess you're winning, like, two matches and, and pulling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. I, I think that she is the most relevant player in tennis anytime she's at a tournament. And I, I had to pick her here. This, this was a
0: no-brainer. So... Quick thing on Shelby Rogers. Yes, she was ranked outside the top 100. We can all agree, and I'm not saying you were implying this, but we can all agree she was not an outside the top 100 level of player when no, she, she matched up well. against well. Yeah, And she was finally healthy. Her ranking more a reflection of her missing so much time with injury sure. than her level of play. I just, you know, again, that's just a little thing. I, I feel like, again, yeah, I sure. have a personal stake in Shelby Rogers now that she's come on the podcast, now that I've watched her play so much, uh, you know, gotten the chance to actually now speak did with her. Now you
1: didn't give her corona. That's, so that's good. Now,
0: uh, which was a win, despite what that Reporter led me to believe I was going to do. Nevertheless, um, yeah, you look at some of the stats for this U.S. Open. Given all the certainty, again, just what we've seen at the U.S. Open since 2015, there have been five different winners. Serena Williams wasn't one of those winners, but she's the only player to have made the finals more than once. She's it, done it twice. She, her, and Keys—the only players to make the semifinals more than once. Keys did it twice. Can you guess how many times Serena's made the semifinals in the past five uh, U.S. Opens? Um, I like this because five, you actually have a shot four. at it. Four, four of them, four yeah, semifinals 18, in the 16, past five years.
1: 18, yep. 19. She, and she's yep, 17. She just had a baby. Yeah,
0: exactly. So four in her last four tries. You look at you know again, she's the only person in this field. Let's look at there have been twenty-seven different quarterfinalists out of a possible forty in the last five years. I'm going to go through the list of people who have done it multiple times. Again, you can tell me how you feel about them. Serena's done it four times. She's a contender here. Yes or no? Well, I, I mean, I should have saved that one for last. That should have been the grand reveal. Anyways, uh, you know, uh, Simona Halep, she's done it twice. She's not going to be here. Uh, Roberta Vinci, she's done it twice. She's not going to be here. Sevastova's done it three times. With all due respect, your thoughts on Sevastova in this one? Ooh, Contender interesting.
1: Note. You know, honestly, like...
0: I'm so happy you have a take about this hold on. I, well, I'm I hope thinking you're like my had face. this been like
1: a top ten players to watch of so it was an interesting pick because she
0: looked good in player she's, she's the she...
1: ultimate under the radar player always. She never mm-hmm. one ever talks about her. Uh, but her US Open results are legit. Uh, she's I think she went quarter quarter semi on one run. Yeah, uh, so clearly her results are real. Um, and she beat Serena at Fed Cup this year. So I yeah, I mean, like she's not a bad player at all.
0: Three players have made the quarterfinals three-plus times wants in the, the last next four five years. Europe, yeah. So Sevastova, Pliskova, Serena are the only ones who have made it three-plus times in the past four, uh, five years. But anyways, so no Vinci, uh, no Halep at this event. Sloan, contender or no? I think we already stated. No. no. Venus, contender or no?
1: More than Sloan. I, I, I'm very intrigued by Venus. Uh, and you, you, you don't seem to agree, but I, I'm, I'm intrigued by, by, by Venus and Lexington. She looks good. Her game looked different. She has been retooling some things and seeing her still retooling things and reimagining her game in her 40s. That's cool. Like yeah. I, I, she's a sentimental save, obviously L- legitimate title threat, long shot, but uh, better than Sloan. I'm, <laughs> I'm you
0: right I'm s- I'm sad you revealed my face because I don't want to disrespect one of the greats. I just don't think she can do it for two weeks. So I'm going to say no to contender no status. But yeah. Implied. Yes. But, anyways, so no Vinci, no Halop, no Venus, no Sloan. Madison Keys. I'm interested. I'm interested. Petra Kvitova 5 months off I'm very interested particularly because of how well she's always played in Australia. You know Pliskova I already said I'm always in for some Carolina Pliskova. And then you have Serena who's the only one who's done it four times. So again you have what five names there Serena Pliskova Kvitova and Keys so I guess four names really who have made it multiple times who are comfortable at the latest in the later rounds of the US Open although If you want to say Karolina Pliskova is comfortable in the later rounds of any Grand Slam, I'm going to show you five years of footage. Clearly, you haven't been watching. So it's really Serena and Kvitova, who have that sort of slam experience, at least here at the U.S. Open, and that's why, regardless of how she's playing, and I really can't emphasize this enough, I thought it was ugly tennis from Serena in Lexington. There was just no rhythm. It was quite clear the serve. You know, she was in the mid-50s at best with that first serve percentage. She competed so well. She found ways to win, but she wasn't striking the return well. There were a lot of unforced errors. It just wasn't her best tennis. I just favor youth, fresh legs. You know the fact that they're going to feel good over a two-week stretch. I just, it's going to be tough for Serena. It's going to no be tough.
1: Part of Serena was trying to peak in Lexington. And it's true. Would. Very, very like, true. I mean, so yeah. So I and she actually said that week she she said it was the first time ever in her career because she's not always the most reliable narrator, but that she uh, was the first time she ever was like not there to win a tournament she was purely there for prep right and so she was and so i don't as much as i'm sure she was did not want to lose to shelby rogers that day like i i do think that she is going there to really shake rust off and a little bit mission accomplished on that i, I I'll, be curious, I'll be curious to do what, see what she does in uh in cincinnati quote unquote because uh, her 2020 start was not good Let's remember that. Like her losing exactly. her loss to Wong Chung was not. She did win, win in Adelaide. Or not Adelaide or she Auckland, in Brisbane, but that was or not Auckland, even yeah. that was this pretty easy field there for the <laughs> most part. Um not overly wowed by that win. And then yeah, just like pretty shaky in in <laughs> the US and then really not good in Fed Cup either in in, in Washington State, whatever city that was in in Washington. So uh but she's always the most fascinating she's always my pick for everything serena is is the player to watch forever i'm, I'm basic that way so uh, yeah, <laughs> no what's, it's what's fair It's yeah. just
0: worth saying even with the title serena williams number 23 in the race to shenzhen so even with those results there have just been players who are playing more who are playing more frequently and honestly just from a strict tennis perspective not a competitor perspective not a pedigree perspective are playing better than serena i gotta so, say
1: i read so little into that
0: race to shenzhen thing because, I know, like, I know. because there
1: were no tournaments like but serena i'm just saying like who
0: comes in who's, who's tennis, 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 are you more confident in heading into this? A Jen Brady or Serena Williams? I think I know
1: more to expect from Jen Brady, but I think Jen Brady is a much lower upside. Like, I mean, the ceiling for Serena is still Serena Williams. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm not
0: going to complain. I'm not going to complain. Yeah. I agree with you.
1: Okay, so what's your final pick here?
0: Okay, my final pick is a you-pick one because, of course, I couldn't make a final decision. So I have four players for you to pick from. Okay. No, no, no. But they're all in similar narrative, similar parts yeah, of okay. their career. Okay. I call them Generation 24 because they're all in that 24. The truth is one of them is 25, but we're going to let that slide. But they're all in that in-between range where, again, like myself, am I next-gen? Probably not anymore. But I an, am I an established veteran? No, because everyone's still going to look at me and be like, you were born in 1995? you must be so young and i'm like please i was drake and josh not i carly i'm actually very old um anyways you get to i'm pick way too old well to know the difference between those two
1: eras <laughs> those, are the, those are just both younger than me
0: nickelodeon disney
1: shows whatever so yeah i,
0: I guess for you it'd be like i'm a doug fan um right? i was a doug fan yeah yeah of course so was i by the way i was late doug but i did see a little bit of the tail end um anyways 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 all right generation 24 pick one Sakari Vecich Contave Mertens. Your face
1: <laughs> that's a great face for you to I, pick. I mean you're picking like I feel like you're doing I like, have a type. Well I feel like I feel like this whole time, Alex, I feel like you're doing I feel like we're in different categories of this Oscars, right? I'm going lead actress. You're going supporting here. Like I just don't feel like you're picking top so line. So you
0: don't think any of those players? First of all, I think Arena Sabalanka is a leading actress. I don't think she's supporting. I think she's the leading I think actress they have a lot who of screen
1: like screen time for a leading actress.
0: No, she's Fair like enough. the Colin Farrell. Where I don't know what good movie he did, but at some point in his career, he did a really good movie, and then every other movie he's done since is horrible, right? But like he did that one good movie, so you still think really highly of him. Sabalanka has Dubai, right? She she's a better Colin Farrell colin farrell getting dragged okay i
1: um <laughs>
0: colin farrell's the
1: the irish okay, one right okay you yes he is in okay. bruges great movie all right so you said um and there's others too i'm sure but you no, have you
0: seen uh what's it called the one where he's in the telephone booth and Kiefer sutherland's oh, on phone the line booth, time, phone, phone booth.
1: Booth. yeah i have not seen that that's based on the dc snipers so a i've seen
0: that home. movie so many times it's okay, always on. on yeah oh, on. okay so your list was contivate Mertens. contivate merton's Vecic, Sakari. You don't think any of them, there's no world where any of them emerge as a Grand Slam champion.
1: I didn't say that. I just don't think they're in my, none of them are in my, like, top 10. You've so called
0: them supporting.
1: I did call them supporting. Well, the, like, what these supporting are not, actors? These are not I guess a supporting actors right can now. lead okay. them. They're not top 10 players. So, all right. so. But could they be? But could they be? And especially because, and here's why they're on my list. Yeah. In okay, any so of my them. pick of those four would be Merton's but interesting be- Mertens I mean she's had great grand slam runs before she made semis of Australia 2018 she just made that Prague final uh, so she's only one of the really deep run clay players who I think is coming over here with any sort of relevance uh, she looked really good at the US Open last year I think she made quarters I forget who she lost to but she she destroyed Christian in the fourth one. I remember watching that match and just like Mertens was on fire um, she's a sleeper pick and this could be a sleepy tournament so and,
0: she lost to andrescu in three by the way
1: okay there you go so that was a tough match so i remember that so yeah so of those four like of those four supporters i i pick i pick mertens and i think mertens yeah. definitely can win this tournament and yes Contivate could win this tournament for sure sakari a little bit more improvement, but yeah she can for sure too she's somebody who's a bit the opposite of your other two picks and that like sakari is more of a counter player like she's she doesn't control her destiny as much, but if things go her way, she can get there. But it deep rounds of a slam. It's not proven for me what she can do. So TBA and the fourth one you said, Vekic, nah, I mean, Vekic has been too erratic for me so mm-hmm. far in her career. I, I don't see her putting together for seven under this sort of very yeah. particularly mentally tough tournament, Like this is going to be like, this is going to be a really th- like, regardless of who shows up, right. Mm-hmm. Winning a bubble slam with the amount of just like, Ambient tension that'll be in the air at this tournament. It's gonna be really hard. Like, yeah. and so that's so, kind of why I'm going for some more old chestnut kind of players than some unproven people. I do think that experience and knowing yourself and stability will could potentially count for a lot here, with mixed with hunger. And I think you're kind of thinking people who are in neither category quite. So maybe they're in the middle somewhere. But maybe maybe yeah. they have the best of both worlds. Or maybe they have neither of either.
0: You no, know, see. Sabalenka, Yastrzemska, for me, it's a talent standpoint. It's, uh, okay, I want to start seeing results from both of you. That's why they're in that category of most interesting to me, because they're both players with Grand Slam upside, with immense ceilings, and I just want to see how close can they get to that ceiling uh, during this three-week stretch. Elise Mertens, I would argue, at age 24, again, given where we're at in the WTA Tour, you have the Pliskovas, the Haleps, the... Muguruza's of the world who are still, you know, riding out their primes. You have these young up and comers, Kenan, Osaka, Benchich, uh, you know, Andrescu, um, Mova, Goth just nipping at your heels. And then you have these players ages 24, and you know, you want to throw Keys and Svitolina with this group as well, who just their window to win Grand Slams is now, plain and simple. It's mm-hmm. it, this is your three-year stretch. This is where you need to rack up Grand Slams if you want to in your career. This is what history shows is your window of opportunity before and i just think for elise mertens in particular last five hardcore slam results semi-final fourth round third round quarterfinal fourth round all very promising that's why small sample size
1: mertens was an easy pick from that four i gotta say yeah no and i'm fine with that that, but also you just made a more compelling case for keys than you did for any of those four because like i think keys (laughs) is somebody who's like straight the clock like she's very much in time not to be too impatient or too much pressure on her but kind of like TikTok madison keys like come on yeah. like, let's get your let's get your slam already well and as i as i said
0: at the beginning group. madison keys was is always in my most interesting so that's why i said she was on the list guaranteed and we didn't need to do it because i that's completely you agree in the
1: like criterion collection picks yeah
0: Ma- she's like a does not qualify too obvious pick she's in the serena category too her okay Pliskova. See, i
1: came here to be obvious i came here <laughs> <to> like <absolutely laughs> well that's why we're like, a good pair you
0: need to know and you're like
1: here's but here's what you don't need to know yeah. It was more your players. Fair enough. That's
0: good. Can I make that the tagline of the mini break? Come here to hear what you don't need to know. I feel like that (laughs) sells. That sells very, very well. Honestly it's it's a demographic that I'm a definite belonger to, yeah, for sure. Um, no, that's... Look, again, just to finish up on Elise Mertens, I, you, the one thing you can't replicate is match is match toughness, match experience. She got to play a bunch of matches in Prague, made a final. That's a big win. Yes, it was on clay, but still, to be match tough, to get a really tough win over Bouchard, a really tough win over the other Pliskova in the semis. Uh, it, It's just good match toughness. She fought hard in that second set against Halep as well. Um. Yeah, I just want to know which in these generations 24 and yeah, is Keys going to be the person? Is Fidelina? Are those two already the people? You could argue, yes, they are. But I just think one of Sakari, Bekic, Conteve, Mertens, one of them is going to be in the top ten, and I think it's going to be for a while. And I just can't figure out which one it's going to be yet. And I think there's only going to be space for one of them because of how many talented young up-and-comers there are because there always needs to be you know, three spots for the you know, Kvitova, halle Pliskova, Serena players over 28 quartet. They're always going to keep two or three spots if one of these players, Sakari, Vekic, Kanteve, Mertens, are going to make a move, solidify their spot in the top 10, it's got to be probably in the next 18 to 24 months. And I'm just fascinated to see who it's going to be.
1: I'm fascinated to, to see this ensemble cast movie you've you've assembled here. It's
0: Ocean's Eleven, but WTA version. Yeah,
1: it's like Ocean's Forty. It's, it's a that's big a meme. Crew. I'm it's gonna get
0: West crew. off on that. So, <laughs> is this a funny meme? Yes or no? To go out with this podcast, the three players we picked, so the six players we picked, but then under them, like all of my honorable mentions. So it's like these six featuring, and then thirty other players, and just like the heads or the Ocean Eleven poster, and we just put all the names. I'm gonna leave
1: this to your people. I think all of these are good ideas. I'm not gonna weigh in either way. Your face suggests I otherwise. I don't know your vision on this, but I think that, <laughs> like I said, I think that we went about this assignment very different ways because okay. you make the rules. You have did it correctly, and I did it wrong. I apologize <laughs>
0: for not coming up no. with more. So more if, long shot players. If, to if watch. you would have been more creative first, I, I, I do a no, no, no. This is why I kept the rules intentionally vague. This is why I didn't want to tell you my list when you said who are your three players because I really liked your three players and I was thinking okay. in my head perfect. Ben's going to get the you three need
1: a for a movie. Not everyone can be a lead actress, so I got. Yeah, I had the leads together. We made something interesting. We just no the different exactly parts of the
0: Look, cast, I and when you're on a podcast with Ben Rothenberg, at best you're going to be Matt Damon in Ocean's Eleven. You're going to be a guy who kills a couple of scenes, but George Clooney, Brad Pitt, they're running the show. That's Ben Rothenberg. Those are your comps, by the, the way. This is as the the a first time I've ever been through.
1: compared to George. Clooney so yeah.
0: <laughs> this is going to make the Twitter round so hopefully this gets into your bio uh once compared to George Clooney and Brad Pitt the George <laughs> I don't change
1: my bio nearly as much as you do my bio hasn't changed yeah. in a while it probably should but
0: anyways I figured yeah. we would cover the best of both worlds so knowing what you know Ben I'm going to get last thing and then we will wrap this up I have some fun super- You want me minutes. to pick
1: a wild card More wild uh,
0: card? that's what I was going to say if you were yeah. to examine it from my perspective what's the name on the tip of your tongue Jabur. Ooh, okay. She was in my honorable mention as you heard, make the case. I
1: thought Shabur had a real shot of winning Lexington. I mean, mm-hmm. she was up up doing well against golf before she lost that match. When Serena went out of Lexington, I thought Shabir was my pick to win it then. She just made Australia Open quarterfinals. I think she's playing pretty well. She came over to the US because she thinks she can do stuff, right? She was a little reluctant to come over to the US. Um, but she's here because she feels like this is can be a moment for her and like she's feeling feeling herself, feeling feeling ready to go wanting having real goals of being her goal for the year was to play Zhuhai I mean obviously Zhuhai's been cancelled already but like she's ambitious more than she ever has been in her career and I think she has a sense of urgency a lot of players don't have Uh, Jabir is more of a uh, a disruptor pick who I think could absolutely do some stuff if you want a more -hmm. more deep cut pick no
0: I like that one, too. You know, she was top 15 in the WTA race to Shenzhen, which just shows she, everything was clicking for her yep. this year when play stops. You know, she's in that category, 25 years old, hitting her prime, where the mental side and the physical side begin to match up. And yeah, really exciting player. really difficult game style to play against. Now, you wonder, can that game style hold up over two weeks? Is she someone who could just get hit off the court by someone like a Sabalenka, like a Serena? Uh, certainly something to monitor, but I like that pick a bunch. All um, right. All right, last thing i want to do with you and then i promise i'll let you go because we're hitting that hour and a half two hour remark which we always get to do but just some fun categories for you down the home oh, stretch boy. because again all of these players quarantine together i know you're someone who will answer a question when i ask it like this so <laughs> you, so let's have some fun in your opinion the player most likely to have the hotel prank call his opponent's room or her opponent's room at 3 30 the day of their match Who's going to be doing the mischievous stuff or setting off the fire alarm okay, in their opponent's wait. hall? Okay,
1: wait. So if you're doing it to your opponent, that's, like, more straight-up gamesmanship than mischief. You're, like, targeting at your No, opponent. I
0: agree. Who's going to get to that level of gamesmanship?
1: Ooh. I don't think it'd be a player. I think it'd be, like, a coach or a hitting partner I
0: agree. I agree. I have some people in mind.
1: Oh, gosh. I don't know. I'm not going to malign anyone like that. <laughs> I, I... I I, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer. Pass.
0: You're going you to pass? That. See, I you know was so that. convinced you would actually throw someone under the bus. I thought you would do I, it. I
1: don't know people to really be that. That's that's bad. Like, mm-hmm. waking up your opponent the night before a match, that's that's not good energy right there. And also, there's nothing about this that really makes you think that, you know, nothing about this scenario that makes that easier to do than other times. Like, they're playing at the same hotels plenty of times. Like, I mean,. Bubble is more whimsical than I think tactical. We'll see. We'll see. That's but fair. what there really could be, absolutely could be, it's a diff- I don't know if it's coming with a later question. Sorry to skip ahead, potentially. But, like, being a Corona Hawk, being like, yo, I saw you picking up that Uber Eats. You left the parking lot because I guy got a flat tire. you out. I get to walk over in the semis. I that's can see Riley, that happening. There,
0: that's going to be the Riley Opelka Award.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, he can see a lot from up there.
0: No. <laughs> Yeah no, and by the way, it's it's the honor system. Um, I agree. Um, all right, most likely to come out of the bubble as the quarant as you know the the social media darling right now. It's Ellen Perez, right, who's given us a look at everything that's going on back there. Who's gonna lead the three week bubble in quarantine content? Brangle. Brangle.
1: Yeah, that's what, you want wild card. I'll give you wild card. That's a
0: great pick. Brangle. I really like that one, Brangle. Yeah. Have Yeah, seen her content okay. already.
1: She's already right. got already got some good
0: stuff. Already got some good stuff. No follow. All right, first to publicly complain about the food.
1: Um, Joke.
0: The answer is Djokovic. That was the setup.
1: <laughs> Djokovic, I think, is <laughs> probably staying off bubble. Right? He's got to be in one of house. Yeah, right That's true. So, true. Um, I'll pick like a uh, because she was already being a little bit complaining about the rules in uh, Palermo.
0: Mm-hmm. no it'll be interesting because there are a lot of it's funny we brought that up too there are some players who are vegetarians some who have it, this is a big concern it's gonna be difficult
1: they're gonna have food i mean like yeah. i like look like all these players i say this with so much love to this place all these players would have normally this week been in mason ohio right mm-hmm. nothing about staying on long island is anything worse quote unquote than being in mason ohio in terms of cultural enrichment <laughs> So they'll be fine. People are like, they have a view of a parking lot. I was like, who cares? Who spends all day looking out the window? Certainly not me. I got Twitter to check. Come on.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, you nailed it. I I agree. These people – I think it's going to be a really fun time. I think we're going to see some really interesting content. I think it's just going to be a fascinating perspective from a tennis fan. And, again, people
1: people will rip it when they lose, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody flies all the way here, hauls their cookies to New York, stays in a hotel – quarantines and everything and loses first round to some point they don't think they should lose to then we'll get some we'll get some bitter bettys then right mm-hmm. i use betty as a gender neutral term like i think that <laughs> i think we could actually have some people be really upset and i, I also just think that like I, I said this in different uh arenas previously but i just think that a uh, single single, single, elimination, single elimination tournament not the right format to be doing during during this time like i just don't think this this is a uh, I think that makes sense. I think, yeah, don't like it. But uh, anyway, bring gold to answer your previous question.
0: No, that's perfect. Well, then with that in mind, and again, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to go on the many tangents as we always do. Your final thoughts on this topic, the players to watch, and just, you know, I'm sure we'll hopefully get you back on, but U.S. Open three weeks in New York in general.
1: Oh, we're we're overdone?
0: Oh, we have hit the final marks. Yeah, oh unless gosh, you've actually, got more oh, players that for me.
1: It came so quickly, the ending, my goodness. I
0: know. The truth is I have more questions, but I want to catch the end of Lakers Blazers. While we were
1: here, the Caps came back from 2-0. They
0: end. won? Okay, Damn. Alex Ovechkin, overrated, underrated, properly rated. I properly rate him. The rest of the
1: world certainly overrates him. I mean, like, <laughs> the Caps are, are high-key garbage, folks. Like, this team has made the conference finals once. During the Ovechkin era. He's the.
0: No. Terrible. See, I think it's. I call it Andy Murray syndrome. I just have this soft spot for players who are so clearly better than everyone else they're playing against. And just sometimes the results don't go your way. But he's in the Andy Murray. Is that Andy Murray? Andy Murray is the Alex Ovechkin. Because one Stanley Cup is the equivalent of three Grand Slams for Andy Murray.
1: Okay. I don't doubt that conversion rate, but I.
0: Alex Ovechkin know. is so. No, no no
1: no, good. no, 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 no. Because Ovechkin is is a hyper talented underachiever when it counts. Andy Murray Ooh. is a huge, hardworking overachiever rising to the moment. Yeah, He's the truth that, to inferior players the way Alex Ovechkin is. So I don't Ain't know Alex this Ovechkin's this playoff. team who's like at any sort of big three material. Class.
0: I don't know Alex Ovechkin's playoff record. All I can say is his equivalence of achievements in the playoffs is like Murray at the slams when compared to Murray at the Masters and Ovechkin in the regular season. You're like, these guys, if you take the Masters and everything else, the regular season, they were clearly right. as right, good right, as right, right. anyone but I, but to fully, ever do
1: it. This is me as a Murray boy here and you know you should be too is that i, I thought that like i don't murray man but Marie, go on. like failing to rise to the occasion at the major being what's happening he's running into better players i don't times. remember
0: that for ovechkin either i guess is what i'm no, saying No,
1: ovechkin ovechkin does
0: ovechkin okay. like
1: will repeatedly lose to the team just underperforms at seating every time
0: well then i apologize to andy mirror all right one more bonus question for you because i just always think this is a fun question yeah. so this is something we talk about with when I'm in people's... Because I just like to hear this is a nice icebreaker to sports fan. If you could have any sporting event, you know, any player, any team you root for win a respective championship in their respective sport what would it be right now? Like, for me, no. there are there are three things that are... Well, depends on the given day, but I can say definitively tied for first in an Andy Murray Grand Slam singles title and a Michigan Men's Tennis National Championship. Those two... And then the Lions winning a Super Bowl is honestly tied with that, but it's close. I mean, if Michigan Men's Tennis won the national title, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. I would be on top of the world. Everyone would have to come kiss the ring. It would just be the greatest thing. But... <laughs> You know, so that's number one for me. What's number one for you?
1: This is a very easy question. I've been a Flyers fan for a long time, and um, I really want them to win at some point before I die. It's very much... I mean, they, they've come so close. They're the opposite. Of the, part of my dream for the Caps is the Caps are like... Everything the Flyers aren't. The Caps... Or the Flyers have been like perennial. They've made... The, I said eventually they made the Conference Finals once in his career, right, <laughs> which is true. Flyers have made the conference finals gosh probably like six times in the last 20 years something like that so that's like perennially like relevant team yeah but never really getting there it might be a little high i'm not sure if it's actually it might be like five but um yeah they deserve a lot better than they've gotten and they've been mediocre for the last eight years or so. but suddenly they're very good and them doing this in this dark time would give me a lot of hope i do worry though with these things that like i was thinking about this today that i feel like a lot of cubs fans in 2016 Probably made like a bargain with the devil, being like, "Please, let the Cubs win, and then you can have whatever else happened in 2016 you want." And uh-huh. that didn't work out so well. So
0: <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm Same thinking... with Cavs fans, by the way.
1: Yeah, sure. It's a lot, a lot of things were, were, a lot of dice were yeah. rolled, a lot of souls were, mm-hmm. were offered. In Andy
0: Murray fans, Andy Murray's best season, 2016. I, I made that deal.
1: So all of that is, yeah. So it's the fires of my main sporting agents. Honestly, like I, my, my tennis fandom really. I, I mean, it has really mellowed a lot being a journalist of the sport. Um mm-hmm. so obviously players who are still around who I rooted for back when I was a fan, but it's it's less passionate. I I I, I do want to see Serena get twenty four at some point. I do I, I I especially making the four finals, that's just that's just rough uh mm-hmm. to, to not get there to being so close to everything she's been through in the last several years. So it doesn't need to be now or whenever but like I would like to see her get twenty five at some point. Or 20, me, 24, I don't really care about twenty five, but twenty four would be good and uh yeah but it's it's the flyers that that's that's not close like mm-hmm. i i um i'm very happy they're still in it they're they're very impressive so far this year it'd be a really weird time to win a, a championship that you've been waiting for for your whole life obviously in front of no fans no parade none of that but uh i would be very happy so that's that's always my always my answer it is stupid how much happier my life would be if they want to if they want to stand like up like it's <laughs> really embarrassing thinking about this like i was thinking about this like they came within two games in 2010. Like. How much generally happier I'd be as a person if that had happened is is not, mm-hmm. not negligible. So uh, that's embarrassing for me.
0: So that was the setup because I'm going to sneak in one more serious question. With all that in mind, I think people not justifiably, you know, unjustifiably would be the term for that. Not not justifiably would be unjustifiably. There's that Wolverine education for you. Uh, They sometimes malign you and say Ben Rothenberg is rooting for tennis not to happen. He wants world team tennis to fail. He wants to see COVID, you know, get the better of these events. And obviously I am not maligning you. I know you don't think that way. But given your response to this Flyers run, given the way all of us are feeling as tennis fans – how are you balancing your apprehension towards hosting these events versus the safety and health measures you see in place versus the joy as just a human you get from having sports back in your life?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I think that it's a case-by-case basis. Like, I agree. I, I don't think that – the I think what hockey is doing has been really smart. On a lot of levels. It's really the only sport I've been watching consistently during this time. I
0: think um, basketball just belongs in that category too. Because they've both really secured their bubbles.
1: They're Yeah. So they're doing really pure, hard bubbles. Basketball, yeah. their issue, which is less of an issue. It's hard to blame them because when they made the decision. But they're in a real yes. hot spot in Orlando. Whereas True. the U.S. had the really wise decision to go to Canada. To get mm-hmm. out of the U.S. and its mismanagement of this whole thing. So I have a lot of faith in the NHL for doing the right thing there. And, and being outside. The U.S. I think is big. And NBA gets second place, by, not that close to second place, but second place for being in Florida and doing the same thing well. Um, but they also still play this kind of like, they could have, I don't know, they, they, a little too much regular season for me in the bubble. I, I do not think baseball did the right thing at all. I mean, baseball is, is a mess. Still playing, like still doing full travel and stuff, I don't like it. Um, tennis tours, I think it's the wrong idea. Like, I... Um, I just don't think the sport can be nomadic I think all the things which were tennis strengths coming from everywhere going everywhere being for everyone all the time I think becomes a huge liability during during a pandemic and I think they really have had a lack of imagination to try to restructure the tour or do it some like having Cincinnati be in New York is the one concession they've made to this the only one this okay. whole time really and there could have been so much more of that so much more consolidation going on in tennis and even just for 2021 start talking about it now be like hey we're gonna go to um Australia. We're gonna hold uh every tournament that's normally in the first two months of the year will be in Australia. So we're talking about your Doha's, your Dubai's, your uh Rotterdams, your entire Golden Spring, South America, everything will be in South it will be in Australia. Like do that now. Like make those choices. Be bold. Tennis is tennis's lack of leadership and unified commission or anything really makes that rough, makes it really ill equipped. Uh uh world team tennis um, I had a good idea. Their bubble was very porous compared to the NHL or NBA. can't really call it a bubble. People are coming in and out of the bubble all the time. Uh, I, from what I hear more than just Daniel Collins was leaving the site on a re- somewhat regular basis. other people coming in to be guests mixing with players. players are in the same place with regular hotel guests, so it's like not really they're in, not on their own island per se, like the NHL and NBA players I think have really achieved. Um, And I have some questions from other people who've been there about the sort of, you know, credibility of the testing. So I, I don't know. I'm not overly impressed. I'm not rooting for them to fail, but I'm also not like singing from the mountaintops. And also, again, with tennis, which is me ripping tennis, which is, which obviously I love, but like, okay, you do all this and you get a world team tennis season. Like, congratulations. (laughs) Like, it's where, where you put the U.S. Open at a huge amount of risk. By having these pl- cluster of players here had that gone wrong uh and it didn't in the end but had it gone wrong you know it could have derailed a whole lot of season and and yeah. the atlanta xo playing on after having a positive test there i didn't like that at all uh mm-hmm. even if no other people tested positive that we know of like i don't know i i just and i also just like i'm not i i'm i just ambivalent about it i i think that even if no one gets COVID, doesn't mean it was a good idea mm-hmm.
0: No because I just think that you, just, you roll the dice and one doesn't mean it was a good idea to roll the dice mm-hmm. no yeah. i I completely agree I think that's fair. Thank the Lords, we haven't had any negative you know. Big outbreaks from Palermo, from Prague, from Lexington, from world team tennis that we know of. And that's a major win. But you're absolutely right. All of these people are at risk by entering this huge bubble in New York. And, you know, it, the difference is why are they doing the U.S. Open? There are uh, over 100 million reasons why, right? That That's what this comes down to. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and the U.S. Open is the one where, like, really, like, you have to think risk-reward, right? Yeah. And the reward for the U.S. Open is big so like for World 2 Tennis reward was small and that's also Mm -hmm. part of what made me a little dubious about it It was like you do all this and like yeah you want to celebrate getting some good ratings on CBS one afternoon like okay fine like good for you but a a, a Grand Slam is something a little bit more worth fighting for for me Uh, it's still gonna be a weird Grand Slam I still like you take all this time I don't know how it's gonna feel I don't know if I'm gonna watch this and get into it or if I'm gonna be like this is weird. I don't know. <laughs> like, I it, it'll, it'll take time. Like, all these things will take adjustments. And it's gonna be different. I applaud their optimism. I'm a pretty optimistic guy in general when it doesn't come to you know, the crushing global pandemics killing. <laughs> but I, I I do think that like there is I do I do applaud the the hutzpah and the the can do attitude of the USCA, and they're working very hard to you know protect uh, what do they call that secure the bag, but uh, I don't know like I. I yeah i'm i'm ambivalent about it i i also just don't know if, if sports with with how out of control like i liked what sean Doolittle of the national said that sports are sort of a reward for a, a functional society and i don't think we really have that in the u.s right now uh-huh. so i don't know that we get sports but uh uh-huh. we're trying and the reason the u.s open is happening obviously the money the reason it's happening now it's not because they're ready it's because this is a spot on the calendar for the u.s open uh-huh. right and that's a that's a distinction i will repeat over and over again like they're not tennis is not back us open is not back because the new york is really truly ready they're back because this they were on the clock
2: uh-huh.
1: and that part makes me uncomfortable too and the french open still having tons of fans coming in their scenarios is insane and i hope that changes too the fans think that's another thing that bugs me about world of tennis was the fans thing uh-huh. like just like don't risk the public's well-being uh-huh. for your tennis event don't do that that's just not defensible to me
0: yeah. No. I completely agree with you. And again, of course I had to sit wait until the hour thirty mark to ask my first good question of the that was probably my first hey, that's the break uh from you. But <laughs> you got yeah. your mini
1: break there. You served you got match point and Yeah, you, you only need one. Sometimes it only a, takes a, one.
0: A shanked
1: lob overhead, but it lands on the baseline. So you won the match. Congratulations. Just
0: ask John Isner, it only takes one. Um yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's it's such a catch twenty two because I agree. New York's you know just anywhere in the United States is not the ideal environment for an event of this scale and
1: honestly any anywhere in the world like i i yeah. people like there were like i think like 4000 cases this week in the Netherlands i saw like yeah. nowhere is safe like you think you're safe and you're not safe like this is what happened with adria they thought they were over it they weren't over it mm-hmm. like you cannot get complacent with this thing we don't call the shots we don't get to decide and... when it's over Miss Rona is still
0: calling the shots out in these streets. That's no, I, I agree. At the same time, the fact that someone has tested positive, we'll see how the USTA and everyone responds. Certainly, the U.S. Open of any event held in the tennis schedule has the resources available to best replicate a yeah. a NBA, NHL-sized bubble, right? They can actually put in that sort of resource. So it's yeah. fascinating. It really is fascinating. At the same time, the last part of that component, as a tennis fan, it's been phenomenal these last two weeks to just be able to wake up and be like oh i have pro tennis to watch
1: it's it's something it's it's a reward for sure the risk i the question is do we deserve that reward exactly i agree i would uh, i still i still am not definitely not a confident yes on that
0: yeah that way. no i completely agree with you well then with that in mind we have hit our hour 45 minute quota aren't you
1: glad i aren't you glad i expressed shock at your false stop like 15 minutes ago this was a good ending yes was worth it yes
0: i appreciate that no that we definitely had another good 15 minutes in us so i'm glad that we got that out but for all of our fans and i'm sure many of them already know this but in the off chance that they don't ben where can they follow all of your work
1: Oh, I'm at, like, what, at great Pod. I think it's a great <laughs> thing to follow. If anyone doesn't follow that already, right, that, that's wonderful. Uh, you might be confused. Like, is this a podcast account? Is it a person? What am I even <laughs> clicking on here? It's more than uh, that. But it is a person. It's a nice guy. It's very hairy legs as we're today on the show. And uh, I hope that uh, you guys you guys follow there. That's a good thing to follow.
0: Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm at Ben Rothenberg. You can read me at the New York Times. You can listen to me. And, you know, as at Ben Rothenberg, obviously, no, you know, being Ben Rothenberg, obviously my No Challenges (laughs) Remaining podcast is probably the highest rated podcast out there and so we get a lot of great guests but i always make time for my favorite guest alex gruskin who i've had on the podcast so many times now and i'm sure my guests are sick of him but i just love picking his brain so be sure to listen to at ben rothenberg at the no challenges remaining podcast i don't know i lost the thread there ben i agree
1: <laughs> fair enough on that note yes we'll have you we'll do some do some shows during us open you and i no i streams but
0: here i'm never one to pass up a good opportunity to be passive aggressive so i had to throw it in there <laughs> at the end but no ben you know it is always a pleasure to have you on the show hope you stay safe and healthy go flyers of course and we will hopefully get the chance to talk to you again soon
1: thank
0: you Alex. yep take care Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Ben Rothenberg, and of course a huge thank you to Ben for taking the time to come on the podcast, chat with us. It's always so great to get the chance to pick his brain, you know, hear what he's thinking is going to happen in New York. And of course, all of us are wondering, right? It's been what five plus months since we've seen our favorite players compete in tour level events. Now, certainly we've gotten to see some of them in the EXO circuit, and we've talked about it at length, but those players who are match tough, those players who to our match fit as well, you would think they'd have a distinct advantage heading into this event, and so, you know, clearly this is a, a really, really fun time in New York for the men, even for the, you know, in particular for the women, but even for the men as well, just a lot of uncertainty, and as a tennis fan, I think given the reign of Serena, given the reign of the big three, big four we've seen these past couple of years, I think I can say I speak for all of us when I say that parity, that uncertainty is something we can all look forward to as tennis fans so again a huge shout out to Ben for taking the time to chat with us set the scene on the women we are most interested in watching uh, throughout this stretch in New York and as I mentioned at the top a ton of fun New York preview content coming for you here at Crack Rackets it's not just going to be podcast videos on our YouTube channel of course you're going to get to read some content as well on our website CrackRackets.com we're going three platforms wide folks uh, to ensure you all have everything you need to get the most out of your New York experience make sure you you remain the best educated most well-informed fans in the business and of course with those facts in mind you might as well take advantage of all of that knowledge and go play along with our friends at draftkings use the promo code dkng slash dot uh, co slash great shot to get in on the action let our friends at draftkings know that we sent you and of course we are all excited to continue our ace of the day segment here on the pod on the great shot podcast it was great for me to drag max rothman back on the show hopefully you all will follow and play along with us uh but again a huge shout out to our super producers max fliegner and daniel westoff for the of an editing job they do day in, day out. We are going to keep them busy for sure. Uh, a huge shout out to our Patreon subscribers for all you do as well to support us. It's why we're able to do this here day in, day out at Cracked Rackets. Uh, but yeah, again, be on the lookout for all of our content Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's at Cracked Rackets, like this podcast, the Mini Break Podcast, Cracked Interviews, and Inside Out Podcast. S- subscribe, review them, share them with your friends. It's tennis time, folks, and the tennis community is. Is best enjoyed when shared with one another. So, highly recommend again you follow along with us. But with all that in mind, for our wonderful guests, New York Times Ben Rothenberg, for our super producers, Max Flickner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at DraftKings, and all of us here at both Cracked Records and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Kruskin. You know what we say, folks? Hey, great shot. we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.